The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of the two-point conversation football talk for fans by fans right here on the network at bicbp-radio.com my name is matt johnson one of your hosts and alongside with me for our weekly discussion topics episode uh the wizard of jaws Derek jaws in the house jaws what's going on my man how are you yeah what's going on nothing much just uh soaking in this uh, trying to piece together everything from this wild ass week nine that we just uh we just survived i thought week eight was I, uh, weird. i'm gonna give you a warning I, I i i did too and i'm gonna give you a warning i brought in i brought in a special guest commentator for my oh, week nine takeaways so be ready oh oh boy here we go here we go um <laughs> yeah it's uh week nine was crazy there's a lot to definitely a lot of discuss in it uh, whether it be on-field stuff, off-field stuff, lots of news to go around, of course, with the trade deadline and people getting released and all that jazz. And, of course, this is the uh, the middle of the season. We are at the halfway point officially. Week 9 is the new halfway point, uh, especially with an 18-week season. So uh, we got some awards and stuff to, uh, to to give out, some honors, so to speak. So let's kick this thing off. Uh, let's get going. Let's start off with our Week 9 takeaways. Jaws, why don't you uh, kick us off with this one? Oh, it's week nine, brother. It's week nine. It's it's there's parody. It's wild. It's great. It's madness. Oh, yeah, brother. It's madness. It's wild. The cream is not rising to the top yet. We are going crazy. The whole league's at 500. Yeah. <laughs> God, it's awful. What's happening? I, I Oh, my God. I got nothing. I don't know what to do. I, I don't have takeaways because everyone sucks. <laughs> The Bills suck. I don't know what to do. Nine to nine to six. Are you kidding? Come on. Against them, against Jacksonville, Jacksonville. God. You had to know this was going to be a hot episode for me. You had to. Oh, I know. I know. That's why I want to start off with the take. I mean, we usually start off with the takeaways, oh. anyways. But um, yeah. there's trouble in Buffalo, man. They're like that. That offense. I've been. I've been bitching about the. Uh, about the play call and the offensive scheming all year, even as successful as they've been, it hasn't looked good. Uh, and, and this week it finally came to a head. Um, one of the, lo- one of the local guys here said, you know, a, a lot of things that just missed last year have become the offense, not working at all this year. And it's a problem. And he's not wrong. Uh, good point. There were a lot of times, point. I mean, there were a lot of times last year we could have, we, we scored 30. We could have scored. We could have, or should have scored 40. We scored 40. We should have or could have scored 50 and, and, and then some. And now it's we're not scoring 10, 10 on the goddamn Jacksonville Duval crap hole armpit of America Jaguars. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, God. And you know what's worse? The Falcons beat the Saints. That's not worse, but it, I mean, it, it fits the bill. <laughs> The Broncos beat the tar out of the Cowboys. The Broncos, they couldn't they couldn't stumble into a win. Yeah. They beat the they beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys are the best offensive team in football. What? The Eagles gave the Chargers a game for Christ's sake. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What, what are we doing here? Take over, Monty. I'm in the bag. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't even have the words. I, I really don't. I think that's what makes it fun though. You know, we talked about last week and you know, it how it's a, it's a week to week league and it certainly is. The AFC is a, a continually a jumbled mess and there's no clear. I mean, there's probably one clear cut favorite right now. Uh, and I'm going to mention them in just a little bit, but brother, 
<laughs> what what's going on? Like there's no there's no I mean, aside from Tennessee right now, every other division is really tight. Yeah. Even like even even the AFCs, which we all thought that Buffalo was gonna walk away with. Patriots are knocking on the door. They're one game back right now. Uh, they're a half game back. Technically, so technically speaking, you are right. They are a half game back. You know? Oh, I, it's so, so ugly right now, just across the board. Like, you scroll these standings, and like one of our later questions that we're going to talk about, you looked, I'm like, there's only, like, four teams that fit that bill. And, like, <laughs> and only two of them have the potential to be in that category. Right. Everyone else is above 500. The whole damn league is hovering at 500. Pretty much, pretty much four and four, four and, you know, four and five, five and four. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I think we talked about it yesterday. Me and Brian looked it up in our film room uh, episode. I think 17 of the 32 leagues or uh, teams, excuse me, are uh, above 500 right now. Yeah. And I think most of them are in the AFC. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm gathering. Well, yeah, because you have the division leaders in the NFC. And with, then with the exception of the Rams and the Saints, the two seed is two games under 500 or more. Crazy. Like the entire NFC East underneath the Cowboys is three and six or two and six. The Seahawks and the Niners are three and five. The Vikings and the Bears are three and five, three and six. And then the Lions are 0 and eight because, yeah. you know, Detroit stuff. <laughs> and But then like the NFC South. There's one team below 500. It's the Panthers at four and five. I love it, though. I, th- I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how, how if you predicted or not. I'd imagine you would because you are a brilliant gentleman like myself. But um, it's it's, you know, Don't I, kind insult of ex- me. <laughs> I was being serious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it look good, brother. Um, I know. <laughs> but, you know, with the, how wild and crazy this free agency period was this offseason. I'm not entirely surprised. No, I'm not entirely. I'm not entirely surprised by, by how deep and how good that the NFL is across the board. I love it that everybody's beating everybody. I love it. I love that. No team is truly safe unless you're Arizona or Tennessee. Of course, you know, Arizona just torched San Francisco with, with Colt fucking McCoy at quarterback. Colt, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy is playing football and winning football games in 2021. I, I don't know, man. It's over. It's a burn the league down. It's over. There's a half game separating fourth and first place in the AFC West for Christ's sake. Yeah. The Broncos and the chiefs are five and four. The other two are five and three. What? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? I mean, the, two, two weeks ago, the Bengals sat atop of the AFC North. They're in last place because they've <laughs> lost two in a row. And the Ravens are on a one game winning streak, which puts them at the top. Right, the I know. AFC, the, the entire AFC South is winning football games, except for the Texans. Yeah, that's the tech. That's the Texans. <laughs> that's their fault. <laughs> oh my, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is absolutely wild, and I agree with you. It's it, it it's 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 crazy. Nothing makes sense, and I I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, a couple other things I wanted to acknowledge as we're scrolling through some things that we're really not going to talk about today uh, into depth. The Titans are going to be just fine without Derrick Henry. Apparently um, they look good. And apparently, I mean, I think it's I disagree. You disagree. I do. I think their defense is top notch. I think their defense is really good. They, they put them in good field position and the Titans capitalized, but uh but I was surprised how they manhandled uh, the, the Rams the way that they did. I'm I'm going to chalk that up to have a game plan. I mean, the, the, the Titans took it. They did. They Defensively, they played really well. They had a good defensive game plan, and they had short fields all day. Right. You know, they, they didn't do a ton offensively. They really didn't. And, that like, they, they looked – they kind of looked like the dolphins from last year where they capitalized on opportunistic defense. I mean, they got two turnovers in the red zone in 25 and 26 seconds and got points off both. And that was the ball game. 
those two things don't happen, I, I, we're probably talking about a lot closer of a football game. Right. Uh, that defense did play well. And they're a team that is – it actually it reminded me of the Bills-Titans game last year where two quick turnovers in Bills territory and it was you – were, you were fighting an uphill battle the rest of the way. Right. So – I, I, if I, I'll be interested to see on what they do going forward when teams a know what their offense is going to look like without Derrick Henry now, and maybe they don't get short fields all day. Although if that defense keeps playing that way, they're gonna. Yeah, I, I did not think that the, the defense is going to be that good. They picked up like table scraps in this off season, as far as defensive players go, and uh, they're gelling, they're meshing together so well, absolutely, just so good. Um, but I think we hit the nail on the head pretty much across the board. Um, Chiefs are bad. Chiefs are bad. I don't care that they beat Green Bay. That team only putting 13 points against, uh, against hanging 13 points on the Packers. Embarrassing. Um, so I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to miss. I fully expect the Chiefs to miss the playoffs this year. If Aaron Rodgers isn't out, KC's 500 right now. Oh, that's a that's a or no, it'd be oh. four and five. It'd be four and five. They're on they're underneath five hundred. So yeah. Other than that though, um yeah, I think we kind of covered everything. It was uh just, just just baffling. Uh the whole the whole entire week. Loved it though. Absolutely loved it. Let's go into discussion topic number two. And we're gonna talk about those under five hundred teams that have a chance uh at the postseason right now. And it's pretty crazy that again at halfway. Uh, how close everything is, but scrolling through this list, I I don't know if any of these teams that are under five hundred are going to be able to make a run. Uh, I I really don't. I I gotta give like some of the here are your teams that are under five hundred. Chicago, who probably should have won last night. Um, for and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. Forty ers Eagles, Giants, Dolphins, Texans, Jaguars. Vikings, Panthers, uh, and the Jets. Out of that crew, I think the only one that I would say even has a remote shot might be the Giants. I want to root for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and stuff, but uh, it's very it's not very good there right now in Minnesota land. Um, when you lose to Cooper Rush one week and then blow a huge lead to the Ravens the next, I don't have a lot of faith in you. Um, I think the Jets are just too far behind very in, a, true. In, in a very deep AFC. If they put the strap the rocket ship to Mike White, maybe. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But um, you know, in all seriousness, but the Jets are just too far. Who out. is Mike White? He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, he played one game. Set the, one of the rookie passing and completions and all that stuff. He's in the he's he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. No, his jersey's in a showcase because of that game. He's not in the Hall of Fame. If he's, he's immortalized, in the Hall of Fame, then my man Fitz is on the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Get out of here! I know. Trash, um, <laughs> trash takes. <laughs> immortalized forever. Um, other than that, yeah, Carolina, I thought maybe, but they're, Sam Darnold's about to get benched for the entire season, so I don't know, the rest of the season, probably. Um, so I don't know how that's going to go. Um, other than that, I don't got a whole lot of faith in the sub-500 teams. The Colts, maybe. I, 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 sh- I forgot to mention the Colts. They are under 500 as well. The Colts, maybe. And that's bias aside, because they are, they are playing better at least I seem to think as the season has got gone onward, but they are still very, very far behind. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the, the four and five start doesn't help. I, I, I wanted them to come out a little bit hotter because uh, I do think they have a chance. They have one of the hardest paths for a good team. I mean, you want to talk about like the Jets and the Dolphins, like they have a hard path and they're not going to, the wires aren't making a run. The Texans aren't, I mean, the, the Texans can barely run, let alone make a run. <laughs> Nobody in the NFC East is going to do enough to, to do anything there. Um, The Niners just can't seem to get out of their own way for some reason. That team it, on paper is so good, but you know, the Bears don't have a good enough, uh, the Bears just aren't there. 
they're no. missing too many pieces. The Vikings can't seem to again. They they trip over their own two feet every time I turn around. Um, the Panthers are getting worse by the week somehow. <laughs> like, bro, I know. <laughs> every week they find a way to suck more, and uh, so I mean, my two, I, I got the Colts again. They have a hard path, but they have a shot. I, I think they're at least a nine win team. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at and right I now. I think too. that puts them in wild card conversation. Uh, and you know, all it takes is an upset of the Bucks, the Bills, the Cards, or the Raiders, which I think that Raiders game is a toss up. That's a ten win team right now. I think ten wins might, might do it for you this year. Yeah. So I mean, and I I think I think that like, they're a five win team. They're, they're they have five more in them, so they're a nine win team. And I think they I think they beat the Raiders. I really do. So now you're a ten win team, and now you if you upset the Cardinals, the Bills, or the Bucks. Now you're an 11 win team. Now you're, now we're in a different conversation. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's you know, I got my fingers crossed. I know a lot again a lot of things just have to shape up. Things have to go their way um and whatnot, but but yeah, as far as sub 500 teams go, I, I'm not as excited about this crop of sub 500 teams this year as I think I was last year. Last year there was the I mean Granted, the entire NFC East was sub 500 throughout the entire season, but um, <laughs> there were there were there was a plethora of teams that are like, man, they are so much better than their record shows. They are so much better than the record shows at the halfway point of the season. So, um, I think uh, I think I think the Seahawks have a shot um, with Russ coming back. Absolutely, and absolutely. I mean, I think I, I see five easy wins on the schedule. Um, I, I say easy wins, obviously using that lightly, but. Um, I mean, oh, yeah, I forgot to I forgot to mention the other five hundred. Yeah, Lions, Seahawks, and football team. I, they were at the bottom. I was running through last week's game, so those are all under five hundred teams too. But um, so I mean, who yeah. who knows what's going on with Packers and uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? If if Aaron Rodgers has to miss another game, the Seahawks win on Sunday. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I think that gets them in a good spot, riding a two game winning streak to go against the Cardinals. They're going to beat the football team. They're going to beat the Niners. They're going to beat the Texans. They're going to beat the Bears, and they're going to beat the Lions. So I, I, that's where I think you, I mean, five, there's five wins there. Right. So you upset the cards. If you go one and two against the cards or one and one, you knock off the Packers or the Rams. Uh, again, you have a shot. You're talking about another nine win team there and a nine win team in the, and the NFC probably has a shot. Probably. I was going to say the NFC is not as deep again. They're very top heavy where their, their yes. top teams can compete with anybody. But as far as depth goes, like I think, I think Atlanta is in right now as the seventh seed at four and four, which is crazy yeah. to think. Absolutely well, crazy to think that. And I'm I'm going to go one better for you. I'm going to go a an above 500 team that I don't think makes the playoffs. I think the Patriots only win two two maybe three more games. Really, I have them. I have and them that depends, and, and 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 that depends on their Bills series too, right? Because um, obviously they haven't played the Bills yet. They got two against the Bills. Um, they have, uh, they're going to, I think the, I think the Browns run them over this week. I really do. So I haven't beaten the, beaten the Falcons. Uh, this Titans team is playing good. Uh, we just talked about it. I don't want to, I don't be too tough matchups, which we just talked about the Colts being a good team, playing good football. Right. Then you're going to, then they're going to go two and oh, in the last two weeks against the Jags and the Dolphins. But for some reason, the Dolphins find a way to play them tight every year. So I, this, this is a tough road for them. You know, I mean, they're five and four. You only win two or three more. You're not making the playoffs. Right. So there's a little bold claim for you. That little, is a little, little top topic two bold claim. Patriots, two think, years in a row, get out of the playoffs. Bye. I, th- I, I personally think they're a playoff team, but that's okay. We don't, we don't do these episodes to just agree on everything. I, I, I appreciate that. Uh, all right. So that's uh, discussion topic number two. Let's go on to number three. Yesterday, well, I can't just say yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, uh, Monday, uh, week eight, week seven, week six, week five, week four, week three, week two, week one. We have seen absolutely horrendous officiating. Absolutely horrendous. Uh, yesterday was really, really bad. Bad officiating. Oh. Um, cost Chicago a the game. I, I would I would dare say that they cost Chicago the game. Um, a terrible taunting penalty and a terrible. Um, what did they even rule that one? That was a bump. That the guy or the ref bumped the player. What did they even rule that one? Uh, had so, to be so that wasn't right? even a call. Uh, they they that I don't believe that was actually called a penalty. 
because he threw the flag. Um, I so I, I I'm I'm pretty sure it was the same play. Okay, I'm I'm pretty sure the bump happened on the taunting play. I'm pretty sure like the the player went toward the sideline, like stood there, which apparently standing menacingly facing the other sideline is taunting. And then when he went to turn around, like he like the referee kicked his ass back, bumped him, and then threw the penalty for taunting. Is yeah. is my understanding? I could be wrong. I could be wrong, um, because the referee said the flat like throwing the flag had nothing to do with the with the contact. Was was what uh, what the hell was that guy's name? I've said it like six times today. Tony something, Tommy Cacciatore. Oh yeah, yeah. Cal Marlari. So, yeah, something like Cal Mar. Yes, that's that's the one. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that guy's name is, <laughs> uh, he like he said it because they asked him about it after the game, um, and he said the uh, you know he said the contact had uh, Tony Cornette, Corrente, Tony Corrente. There we go. Jesus, I can't talk today. <laughs> Contact. Uh, it was a taunting penalty, and you know that that in his opinion, the walking like running toward the other team's sideline and doing whatever it was that they, he did there was a problem, and I whatever. But I mean, like that's that's so bad. That's such a bullshit call. Like, it's bad enough that this taunting thing has so much gray area to it, but now like. Now you have a referee like trying to toss a hip check after and then call a taunting penalty going the other way or something. Yeah. Like, what the hell? I mean, did did you see any of the video of the non-false starts, false starts this week? Oh yeah. I mean, there there were two or three real bad ones in the Bills game. There were two or three real bad ones in the Sunday night game. Uh three times this week I watched a flag get thrown and the referees come together. And we're like, okay, that's easily encroachment or a neutral zone infraction, however you want to call it. And they get together and like the offense is moving forward. The defense is backing up. And all of a sudden they're like, false start offense. And you're like, whoa, what? (laughs) And the defense is like, really? (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it, it, it's bad. This is the worst it's ever been. And I, the timing of the taunting penalty is, way too convenient the, yeah. the, at least the the instituting it right um how many times uh it, or you know have we, have, that penalty has just changed the outcome of games there is no reason that that taunting penalty penalty should have been called and cost chicago a game it wasn't that bad all right but the timing of the institution of this is what it i wasn't bad at all right and it happens it's so many times before, so many other times. But the timing of instituting this is very interesting. And, and I, I found a tweet today, um, and I'm going to read read it off to you. And I'm gonna, I want to see what you think about it. I just got to find this thing. All right. So uh, what did the NFL do this offseason uh, prior to this, uh, you know, this past offseason? Um, what, what was it like a big, big-time thing that they did? The The – they partnered with. Oh, come on. I know this. Damn it. Brain gambling partners. Oh, right. 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 They went all in and completely backed sports betting, which is essentially a, uh, you know, selling your soul to Vegas in a sense. Right. Right. Prior to this year, they announced five new gambling partners. And then they gave referees the uh, – this is the tweet. It's from Will Brinson, who has a, who has a check mark. He is a Twitter official. Um, I'm going to read a, a quote for quote. The NFL announced five new gambling partners prior to this, this year and then empowered referees to completely flip games based on nothing more than an arbitrary rule that essentially lets them judge intent without knowing. I don't like the feel and vibe that surrounds all of this. I agree. I have seen so many games this year, like, and it just similar, like, like if you just sit there, like, man, this reminds me of another game's ending from this year. It's feeling very WWE esque in some cases, like, come on, 
Chicago of all places, you could not, you had to go out of the way and screw that. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure what the spread is. I actually kind of want, I want to look really quick and see if I can find what the spread was from, from uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Pittsburgh and Chicago. Let's see here. NFL. Week nine. The spread was. Where are you? They don't have it now, do they? <laughs> they must have <laughs> hit it. Of course not. I know. They must have <laughs> hit it. Um, Damn it. They're at the two-point conversations on to <laughs> us. Run. <laughs> they must have hit it knowing that. Uh, yeah. Knowing that this was coming. Um, but it couldn't have been that much because I, I don't think there's. And I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of like just desperation here. I really got to find the spread. But like, how baffling it like is it? I mean, Vegas has lost a lot of money this year. I think in the in the sports betting department. Uh, if you look at some of the some of the spreads that have not been covered or that, that have not been covered, been covered, like you know, people who took Vegas or uh, t- took the Jacksonville Jaguars over Buffalo this week. My God. Right, fourteen and a half point underdogs. Cha-ching. Exactly, and they covered, and they covered well, um, obviously. So let me see. They're really not going to show this damn thing, are they? You know, and, I I don't like the conspiracy theory that the NFL is rigged. Um, I would put more money on if I were a betting man, which I'm not. <laughs> Uh, I would put money on referees being bought in some to some extent. Um, individually. Yeah, but why are, then why aren't there, they penalized when when stuff gets weird like that? That that's my big question. Um, I don't want to believe it's rigged either, but just again, I've just seen so much bullshit go like fly in important moments. You know what I mean? Like uh, like like Saints and like like, like the, the the so that Roby Coleman like no call it, pass interference that just you know demolished. And I'm not one to blame the refs either. I'm not going to usually the one who, if my team couldn't win in 60 minutes, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's the refs, it's the refs. But there have been some very glaring moments that have made me question what's going on. And like this, again, this is the worst it has ever been. So I'm just, I'm legitimately curious as to what is going on here uh, in the National Football League that, you know what I mean? Just again, the timing of it. Oh, what's that? We're partnered with Vegas. Okay, let's give these refs the power to call taunting penalties. Um, and, and honestly, I, I don't have an exact percentage, but I would dare say so like a 75% uh, that they're not exactly taunting penalties. I'm very concerned. Yeah. I'm very concerned. Yeah. Ch- chintzy at best, I would say. Um, so my, my biggest thing with it, like the, it being fixed as a whole is the amount of people that it would take. Like you're not going to, you're not going to tell me that some referee get, you know, didn't s- get slip, right? Like blackballed or something, or did you know somebody didn't piss him off one day, or he didn't get assigned the game or picked for the Super Bowl or whatever, and that dude like, hey, guess what? Uh, here's my receipts from all the payoffs I've gotten this year for calling games a certain way, or you know, some disgruntled player. Like, you, you don't think Colin Kaepernick wouldn't have made millions off that? Oh like, hell yeah! Hey, by no. the way, remember remember when the lights went out and all of a sudden we marched a comeback? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? Right. Like, I don't, I don't think, I, I, it, I don't think that aspect is scripted. Like, it, like, it, like pro wrestling. But I just, I just think there's a lot of like the momentum thing. We've talked about momentum, right? How, how a holding penalty can destroy the momentum of a, of a team that's 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 kind of rallying. There's holding in every play, but it's uh, you know, it, I know we're, we're moving away from the taunting aspect, but you know, there's a hold on every play, but when they call it, is just always just so weirdly convenient. That's 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 kind of where my head's right. at with, with it. I, I would like to see with with the taunting thing, I would like to see a little bit more hard language in it, like right. not just, uh, you know, anything toward a player that's deemed whatever that's perceived as like, no, uh, blatant or flagrant. Like you you get up in a dude's face and you flex on him. Not you. Fly, uh, he flexed near him. Flag it. Right. Well, this guy did a flip into the end zone, but he didn't do it at somebody. No, I'm sorry. Doing a front flip into the end zone is taunting. If if we're giving the peace sign as you're walking in the end zone is taunting, then a front flip is, a back flip is. Uh, 
but one of them got called and one and four of them did not. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, and that's, and that's really, I, I think I, I want more hard language, but I don't also want it to go to the road of like, what's a catch. Like, I don't think it needs to be that complicated. It's like, to me, it, it, but it is like a catch. When you see someone taunting someone, you know, like, you know what taunting looks like. And that's why we can all look at the taunting call from Monday night and say, that's not it. That's that's where I, that's where my head's at. I, I just like the more that they try to tighten up on this stuff, just the worse it it makes the game. Like just well, a few years ago, we we complained about all the the pass interference calls, and um, you know they, they try to institute a rule you can challenge pass interference and 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 you know the, those determinations. You could do that stuff, but the more that they try to tighten up on the on these on, on some of these things, and I think that you are right. The verbiage has to be a little bit more clear. Um, and like, I mean, it's like these guys just do not want these players to have any fun at all. That's the, that's the way it feels like, um, you know, I, I feel, I feel for these, I, I do feel for these players occasionally. I know they make, you know, tons and tons of money, but listen, when you start affecting the outcome of games, you start affecting jobs, people's jobs, players, jobs, front office jobs, coaches, jobs, all that stuff. And, uh, and, and there's a lot of concern. There's, there's Steve jobs. Steve Jobs, yes. <laughs> there is a uh, there is a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of concern um, when it when it comes to that. And I, I just I, I you know like ten years ago I feel like this game was just like it was just right, right? I feel like the 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 game of football has never been perfect, but it was just right five ten years ago. You know we weren't even debating no. this stuff. Maybe the catch thing. But we weren't debating a lot of this 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 stuff that has actually nothing to do with football. Taunting, people showing human emotion, being happy when they make a good play. Um, it needs to be corrected pronto because they have a problem well, on their and, hands. Like, and, sorry, go ahead. Let's take a look at this though. We talked about this on a, an earlier episode that we were on together. You know what? Four or five years ago, any celebration in the end zone, if it had a prop, if it used the ball, and if it looked pre uh, preempted or pre-practiced or whatever you want to call it, was a flag yep. for excessive celebration. And it was such a problem that they went the other way. And now there's a camera down there to do it as a team. So you're going to tell, like, so what happened? Last year, Tyreek Hill got taunted back after a season of peace signs on, like, running past somebody in the end zone. Somebody from the box looked at him last year after an interception or something, got right in his face and went deuces, bitch. Yep. And the league went, well, in the Super Bowl, it's probably not a great look. We should probably flag stuff like this now. <laughs> and now we're getting a dude who walks toward the wrong sideline a little too aggressively. Woo! Flag it. <laughs> like, come on. Awful. Next Absolutely year we're gonna awful. have a cam- we're gonna have a camera on the opposing sideline so you can go flex on the team on camera. <laughs> and I'm all for it. Let's go. <laughs> Give me entrance music. Give me individual entrances. Like when, 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 when JJ Watt checks into the game, I want the stone cold glass break. Like I want I want a full 10 minute undertaker uh, undertaker entrance. Every time miles Jack steps on the field, let's go screw it. Let's get, let's get real entertainment style. Let's if, if you're going to board me in a sin with all these flags, at least let me enter, get entertained with some music and dudes acting like jackasses before they step on the field. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Could not agree more. Um, all right. That's kind of the referee situation in a nutshell. We can go on forever. We could do a whole episode uh, on that on that talk. Um, I just recorded an individual segment for shot takes prior to this on that exact topic. So I've oh, talked about this for almost an hour now. You're still passionate about it. So that's a good thing. That's oh, a good I'm thing. All fired up today. Sometimes when you talk about something too much, it becomes like, oh, God. Like last year when everybody was like, hey, you want to come on my Bills podcast and talk about the playoff game? No. No, I don't anymore. <laughs> I don't anymore. Please I've leave me alone. enough. <laughs> Let me die. Let me die in peace. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, but discussion topic number four, we had some big news this week. Um, <laughs> started off with a video on Instagram. Good old social media of uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s father posted it, basically taking a huge dump, dropping a huge Cleveland Brown all over Baker Mayfield, saying that he does not want his son to succeed. Essentially, that's not for yeah. Baker. Oh, hold up. Hold up. 
wasn't Odell Beckham the one that came out like last year and said he liked pooping on women? He didn't say it. He didn't say it. Somebody, somebody, so somebody accused, and now you're accusing his dad, his dad, you're accusing Odell Beckham senior of taking an Odell Beckham junior on the girls that are the Cleveland Browns <laughs> and Baker Mayfield. Come shit on, roll, man. <laughs> shit rolls downhill, bro. <laughs> yes, let's go. Yeah. Discussion so, topics all over everyone's face. I love it. I love it. So yeah, OBJ is out though. He, uh, he, he, he. Yeah, he basically he it's not like he's the Browns like, flushed him. <laughs> he he didn't deny it. He didn't like apologize to Baker and they cut him. They released him. They agreed they front loaded his contract to a signing bonus. So they paid him and uh he cleared waivers actually as of today. But it was not without controversy. All right. Uh OBJ said that if any team claims of off waiver off waivers, there will be problems. Uh he did state that. Uh, but he did clear waivers today, so he, now he is a free agent, and he can explore the NFL as he uh, wants to. Obviously, he is getting kind of, I wouldn't say getting up there in age. He's been around for a little while, uh, but he wants to go to a Super Bowl team, and understandably so. Um, but, you know, I, I want to discuss what all of this, what all of this means. Jaws, you did bring this up. You want to talk about it. I think it's a very important subject matter for, um, you know, for this episode. Uh, OBJ went... <laughs> Let's turn went a B basically um, with, with, you know, and I would, it was just so peculiar. It was so peculiar the way that it went about. Um, we talked a lot about this off season, about OBJ being a trade target, uh, you know, possibly somebody that they move off of at some point. And uh, you know, he's, he's had a very quiet season this year, very quiet season. Has it been all that great? Um I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like the age of the diva wide receiver is, is over, and that's why guys like Odell Beckham Jr. aren't really, you know, finding success. I, I feel like I feel like it, it plays a big part in that. Listen, Antonio Brown is the luckiest diva wide receiver uh, of the last twenty years for being able to go get, go with his buddy Brady, go sign up for the Bucks, and go win a championship. No kidding luckiest i mean think of all the diva wide receivers we've had over the past two decades and which ones won a super bowl and which ones didn't right randy moss no rings uh i'm trying to think terrell owens i don't think he has a ring either uh you know obj's up there with with the divas and you know and there's there's trust me there's there's quite a few more but at this point why would you want a guy like that in your locker room why would you want you know, th- this guy who's been a constant media. Dist- okay. I shouldn't, th- that's harsh, a constant media distraction, but every team he goes to so far, I know it's only been two as well, but he's been a media distraction to kind of get his way out. Right. He was a media distraction. Giants shipped him out. He went to Cleveland media distraction just a week ago. Cleveland's like, Hey, you're well, fine. That's fine. You can go, go be free. Um, you do you boo boo. And, um, it, it, like why? I don't. I don't. I, I can only think of very s- select few teams that would take a guy like that, and 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 want to do something with him. But I am curious too. I mean, we talked about this this stat plenty. You know uh, how Baker plays better without OBJ, and of course they cut OBJ and Baker is out there looking like twenty twenty Patrick Mahomes, right? Slinging it, yeah, you know, chucking deep balls, all injured and stuff, and he they they destroyed the Bengals. So you know it, it, that's gotta speak volumes. The the fact that that team um that, that the Cleveland Browns, who've been kind of blah all year, looked like an offensive juggernaut against Cincinnati the way that they did after getting OBJ out of the lineup. You know I think this weekend was just more uh, the only, and if you needed any more proof about how, how negatively OBJ affects the Browns of their offense, this weekend was the testament, a testament to it. And last season, all of last season, Baker's stats were much better. Every time OBJ is off the field, Baker looks better. Yep. Why? Because Baker knows somewhere in the back of his head, if he doesn't feed the ball to Odell, Odell's going to cry and Odell's going to be a problem. Now, no one's ever come out and said the dude's a cancer. No one's ever come out and said, 
you know, he's a problem in their locker room. But we watched a dude get in a fight, like, what, four weeks in a row with a kicking net when he was with New York? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then, like, the, uh, like week five, he finally had, a, a like, a, like a good day, so he, like, made up with the kicking net or he, something. Like, he, they, he made yeah, a he joke proposed. He proposed to it. But now he comes out. Yeah. So now he comes out and gets traded to the Browns where people are like, oh, his college teammate and BFF Jarvis Landry's there. This could be the best possible fit. A couple of good games, but then all of a sudden, you know, the Browns lose and it's, you know, he made a comment off the cuff about how Baker's not getting him the football. And his Baker's stats are crap when he's on the field and they're not so bad when he's not. And then you come out and say, well, it's Baker. Baker comes out and says, listen, I don't know what the issue is, but I'm willing to work on it. I'm willing to fix it. I'm willing to do what we need to do to win football games and be on a team together. Two days later, uh, guys, Odell's essentially not on the team anymore. Yep. He's not going to be around. And then Odell's dad goes and takes an Odell Jr. on the team and Baker. And then as he's entering waivers, basically says, if I am not claimed by, if I'm claimed by a team, I don't want to go to, I will be a problem. Yeah. Like, so you're, you're, this is a spoiled brat. That's all it is. You're being a spoiled brat for no damn reason. Why are you popular? Why are you famous? One catch. That's it. And don't get me wrong. He has made a lot of great catches. He's made a lot of spectacular plays, but that one catch. That one catch went over the top viral. It was a disgusting catch, an absolutely disgusting catch. But that's really why this dude is famous and why he's as big of a receiver as he is. And now you say, I'm going to be a problem. If, like, if I, you better call me to see if you like, to see if I want to be on your team, because if I don't, I'm going to be a problem. I'm going to be a diva. Now it's come out. He's there. Okay, so he wants to go to a contender. He wants to go to a team with a winning culture. He's allegedly narrowed down to three teams. Wants to go to a winner, a contender, and the Saints, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. Two teams that are sub-500 and one that's fighting to, to catch the Bucks without a quarterback. Yeah. What? <laughs> like, if, if this report is true, which it was all over the internet, right before you sent me the link for, for the Zoom call to do this, it was all over the interwebs. The Saints, the Seahawks, and the Niners are the three teams that OBJ would want to go to and he's leading the most toward the Seahawks. Why? His name is Russell Wilson. But what's going to happen? You're going to go to a team that's got DK Metcalf on one side and Tyler Lockett on the other, and you're going to cry if you don't get the football because you know he's not going to do what, uh, what Antonio Brown's been doing. Oh, what's, what, what's Antonio done? Spent a season and a half as just a guy on the roster. And now this year before he got banged up, he was lighting it up. Because he's the number three receiver playing in the slot. Odell's not going to do that. Odell's not playing the slot. He's not going to be number three to to, to some steroid freak looking <laughs> supernatural human being mutant and whatever you consider Tyler Lockett. But like, okay, so now you're number two. To, even if you move Lockett to the slot, you're number two behind DK because DK will eat you. If he's like, because DK is a number one dude, he is the number one dude there. I'm sorry, but he is. What you do? Like, what is wrong with it? Like, where do you get your bath salts so I don't buy them? <laughs> I am very fired up this episode. You are, and I love it. I'm, I'm glad you are passionate about it. <laughs> it's it, it makes no sense to me, and like the fact that Baker couldn't or excuse me that Odell just could not find a way to fit in and listen I don't I don't when I think of Cleveland I do not think of a pass heavy team it's not and listen Jarvis Landry is average and like OBJ is I I, I think average maybe just a little bit above average just a hair above average and you couldn't find a way to be successful you know um, this goes back uh, we, we legit had the same exact topic last year around this time um uh, about the the you know about how OBJ is like just not great for for teams. Listen, Eli Manning felt obligated, right? Uh, you you I'm sure Eli Manning felt obligated to throw to Odell Beckham Jr.'s way a ton throughout their tenure together. All right, and you know when those things happened, 
Eli's interception ratio went up. You know, there's no quiz. It's no coincidence. They Eli was a turnover machine during throughout the Odell Beckham Jr. era in in New York. Turnover machine. Can't tell you how many memes I, I sat and watched. Uh, uh, you know about, but you know there's there's it speaks volumes and you know it is it on the quarterback to to step up and and not feed this guy to an extent. We're all grown adults, professional athletes and stuff, but there's obviously something continually. Um, and habitually wrong with with where he goes and I'm not you know I'm not trying to bury his character I'm not I don't know Odell Beckham Jr. on a personal level at all I don't but I see I'm a a pattern guy I see patterns and this is a continual pattern that I have seen emerge from Odell Beckham Jr. it's not good all right in a day and age where uh, you know people want good good locker rooms you know, they, they, they want the riffraff out. They want good locker rooms filled with teams, people who are playing for the teams. It's a guy like OBJ and that kind of mentality just does not fit. It does not work. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's, it's that magic C word called it, it, it's culture, you know, and there's a lot of people that'll talk about how in professional sports, Team culture and stuff like that doesn't matter. You know, team culture is you know, culture doesn't matter. Put the the most talented team is going to win. I don't know, man. That's not always true. Yeah, I did see that a lot. And everybody, you know, of course, not to make it about the Colts again, but a lot of people in, in the Colts Twitter were like, "Oh, should we bring in Odell Beckham Jr.?" No, just just no. I I know the Colts are desperate for wide receiver help, but can you imagine bringing that piece of shit in? And you know what I mean? Taking taking reps away from a from a Michael Pittman who's developing, or something like oh, that. Who's, who's just coming into his own? Right. He's that, not even, Zach Pascal's starting to do some cool stuff. I, I like that team is just starting to click, and you want to bring in that dude, right? That's it. That's as dumb as the people in Bill in Bill's Mafia Land that are like, "Oh, we should bring Odell to Buffalo." I'm sorry, why? We have one of the best receiver rooms in football, in my opinion. We're currently not using them the right way, but that's beside the point. <laughs> So who who's he going to take reps from? People are already, you're already bitching that Diggs isn't getting the ball. So can, o, can, yeah, can, can OBJ block? Can OBJ block a pass rush? Right. Put him in the backfield. See if he can eat a defensive end. <laughs> yeah, that would uh, be a uh, that would be a game changer. That would be that would be helpful. But I'll uh, put I'll put money on the fact that whoever signs this dumbass is going to just throw their season out. <laughs> He'll have one or two good games and then it's over. I really wish it was the Lions. <laughs> I see Lions fans like, but Goff needs a wide receiver to go. They need, he needs some wide receiver help. Well, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. Good yeah, luck. No with kidding. That. All right. But that brings us to our final discussion topic question. It's our midseason awards. As we mentioned, we are at the halfway point of the uh, 2021 NFL season. And uh, Josh, we'll start off with you for this one. I want to get your thoughts on uh, who you're looking at for MVP coach of the year uh, most surprising team in a good way um, most disappointing team uh, rookie of the year offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year so this one's tough for MVP um, mostly because they just won a football game without him his team just won without him and I I wish MVP wasn't simply stats based I wish it wasn't just you're putting good numbers up so you're the MVP uh, I really do wish it was the guy who was the most valuable to his team. And that's why, despite the fact that the Cardinals just won without Kyler Murray, I think Kyler is the most valuable player to his team mm-hmm. solely because there's so many things that he does to extend plays and get guys in the right, in a good position to make plays that I think it's overlooked. Um, I, I mean, I, the, the, the only reason Last year, the only reason the Hale Murray pass happened was because he was able to avoid the pass rush, like change speeds and directions and make Justin Zimmer miss. Is that a cat behind you? Oh, yeah. It scared the shit out of me. I thought it was a ghost. I <laughs> <laughs> was a ghost in the room. Um, you know, I, I wholeheartedly... Oh, it's casual. They're here all the time. Oh, okay. All right. I, whole... <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I'll go I'll go step by, by step with you. So MVP, I'm I'm all in on Kyler Murray. You know, it, it is true that his team did succeed without him. I don't know how long-term they could do that with, but um, but I think it's him hands down. I, I really, truly do. Some of the people that we discussed potentially 
uh, when we did our quarter season review with Drew about a month ago. Uh, some of those other people aren't quite fitting the bill right now. They're they're just they're kind of not playing up to snuff. Um, let me see NFL MVP odds. Let me take a gander at who is uh, who is where. Let's see. This came out a day ago. Josh Allen still the front runner. I don't know if I really? agree with that. Yes. I probably, I probably, I would assume them saying like, you know, okay. Despite the nine to six loss, he still had good stats this week. Uh, I, without him, the bills are less than what they are currently. And I'm, a, I'm assuming they're hoping the last couple of weeks were the outliers of the season. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It's Allen, then Brady, then Murray, then Stafford, Ugh. Prescott, Rogers, Jackson, Herbert, Derek Carr, everybody else plus four thousand or higher. But I, I'm completely in the Kyler Murray camp. Like I, I am. I, I've seen like yeah. Josh has been not consistent this year. Even when they're blowing out teams, I don't see a dominant quarterback. I know how talented he is and how talented he can be. But I don't know if I'm seeing – I don't think I've see, really seen last year's Josh Allen come out yet. I don't know if you see things the same way no. that I do, but I, I just – I'm, I, I'm I not seeing the, the world. I no, I, I agree with you. And, and I don't think I, – I don't, I'm not seeing a world beater because I'm not seeing – I'm not seeing a scheme or a game plan that allows him to be a world beater. Right. Yeah, it's just very boring. I mean – how many how many weeks in a row is this now? I'm I'm out here saying that the Bills are running a very boring vanilla. It looks like a West Coast checkdown offense. I mean, we were a team that took the top off people last year. Didn't care who was in coverage. Jalen Ramsey, suck it. Uh, the year before, Stephon Gilmore. Oh, I haven't given up a touchdown all year. Suck it. Here's John Brown. Like we took the top off people, and this year it's like check down, check down, check down, screen, run, screen, screen, check down, out, out, stop, around, stop it. Like where's the deep ball? Like last year, we used to complain that he couldn't hit the deep ball. Now he's not even throwing them. What are we doing? And okay. Part of it's our, our offense, like our offensive line is in shambles currently, but I mean, to some extent, like there are plays that there is time and it looks like he, and I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It looks like he is being told this is your dude. If not, here's your safety. Here's your safety valve. It doesn't look like there's three and four reads. I mean, there's times that we have receivers lined up out wide and they're wide open because teams know we're not throwing there. So they just bail on coverage and go help somewhere else. And they're Singletary fucking, I'm open, 20 yards, nobody around me. And we <laughs> didn't even get anywhere near that read. No, I hate it. <laughs> so we're in agreement. So Kyler Murray is there Kyler too. Murray. All right. Coach of the year. What are you sitting at? This one is just a hot, Red hot burning iron steak right about here in my heart and two smaller ones down here in minutes because it's Bill Belichick or Mike Vrabel. Belichick has the Patriots playing very good. And when you can find a way in the modern NFL to win a game with your quarterback going 12 for 18 for 116 and one, your, t- your, your team is playing well. And that is solely on coaching. And that's Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel has his team playing good defense, playing against like, playing well against good competition, you know, in the Bills, in the Rams. Yeah, I mean, and I I hate him less because he's not part of the Belichick coaching tree. <laughs> uh, but he's still a student of Belichick having played for him. And I, I I'm torn between if he wasn't a team that has beaten me two out of three times the last three years and really should be three out of three times if it wasn't for a kicking blunder of three or four missed field goals in the game, he should be three against the Bills last three years. Right. And if it wasn't for that, I like just that smug, like, like it, it reminds me of me when I coach, just that smug, like half smile with a wink. Like, oh, you know what's going to be funny when I try the Music City Miracle against Buffalo again? <laughs> wink well, that was actually it pretty did, funny it, did, it didn't it work, work but uh but hey I, man, like, he, he's it, no jeff fisher but no you know. right big shoes to fill <laughs> but i mean uh has got a good thing going he's he's got those guys playing well and you know especially if they can maintain the success through the the, the derrick henry injury 
I, I think at that point he's a shoe in for that's that, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm all in on Vrabel being it if they win big throughout the regular season without Derrick Henry. Um, I also don't want to discredit. I mean, I know we we're, we have mixed feelings about Cliff Kingsbury, but I think he's got to get a nod at this point, um, especially considering that they just won with Colt McCoy the way that they did. Is that he can have his backups, you know, especially some of the injuries that they have. JJ Watt um, was was a pretty big one. They they paid him a lot of money to come in and 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 be a a, a threat on this defense. And but even with him out, they haven't missed a step. They haven't missed a beat. Um, so I'm like, it's between Kingsbury and uh, Cl- Cliff and, and Vrabel for me. That's kind of where my yeah. head's at. And right now it's Cliff, but that can also change if 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 Vrabel can win without Derrick Henry. Yeah, I would agree with you. And I, you know, I, I didn't even think on that end, like, cause the, the Cardinals are just doing so well and have been all year. It didn't even, didn't even click. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. The, the, those two are top two with Belichick probably being number three. I'm doing, yeah, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. Um, all right. Then our next one, we'll go through these quickly. Uh, surprise team in a good way. Uh, despite the fact that they've dropped the last couple of games, the Bengals, um, I don't think any of us thought the Bengals would even be remotely competitive this year. And I'm pretty sure this was my surprise team at the, you know, at the quarter, uh, the quarter mark, but they're still playing well. They're still playing good football. Um, you know, and to me, they're surprising in the best of ways. You know, you look at them on paper and it's a second year quarterback coming off a major injury, a rookie receiver, not a ton on the offensive line, not a great running back, not a great defense, but playing well on all facets. So I, you know, it's barring a, a Bengal style drop off. I, I think it's hard to argue that there'll be anything. Anyone but them will be the surprise team of the year. I can agree with that. I can agree with the Bengals. I'm also kind of in the Patriots department, too. I'm I'm kind of heading that way, of course. You know, so far so good. Their losses have been so close, right? They should have, they they lost by one point to Miami. They lost by a few points to Tampa Bay. They lost by a, a few points to Dallas. I'm in, I'm very very impressed with how Dallas or me, how the Patriots have shaped up. That would I know we're only like two years really removed from the from the dynasty, but it's it's. You know, it's it's pretty wild to see that how much they turn around with a bunch of no names at that, right? Like, it, how many fantasy guys from the Patriots right. do you have right now? Probably not None. a whole lot. Probably not a None. whole lot. Maybe, maybe maybe someone has their defense. Maybe that's about it. Because because they running back by committee, they have three guys that share the load, and any one of them could touch the ball between zero and twenty times that week. None of their receivers are top tier guys. I mean, you know they might be spot starts like they might be like eh, a lot of guys on by this week i guess i'll start myers like, <laughs> that's pretty much how it goes um so that's our surprise good team disappoint most disappointing team the goddamn bills i agree these with these assholes they should be eight no five and three at this point is a joke i looked through at the beginning of the year and we, uh, me and some friends at work do, we call it pick the bills. And we yell it and people get pissed off because we're allowed at work. And I had the bills going 16 and one, one, because I'm a homer and two, because I'm going, no, no way. We lose to the chiefs and the Titans back to back. We're going to beat the Steelers. And the only real game that we're going to get throughout this, the rest of that, that season is the Bucks, which is the game I had them losing. Now we're five and three go and having lost to the fucking Jaguars. Even if we were seven and one and we just lost nine to six, to the Jaguars, the bills are my disappointing team of the year. And that that's, that hurts my soul, but fuck, figure it out. That's fair. I think them and the chiefs are neck and neck right now. Neck and neck. Yeah. As far as that goes. I, yeah, my bias blinded me on this one. I should have picked the chiefs too, because they stuck. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to roll with the chiefs, but I, listen, the bills have just as much of a case um, for it. Let's go uh, rookie of the year. So just total rookie of the year. Who you, who do you got at, for rookie of the year? Uh, it's Jamar Chase. Um, just some of the things that I've seen him do. Now, Najee Harris is a very close number two, but just Jamar Chase from week one has been able to take over games. And for a receiver to take over a game the way he can is just uncanny. 
and, and to quote Forrest Gump, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's any. It's really close right now with Jamar Chase. I mean, Najee Harris is producing. He's doing very, very well with what he can. He's a big part of why Pittsburgh's five and three right now with a you know with a winning record at that. And they had, in my opinion, no business with a winning record. But Chase has been at, you know, crazy. I mean, how many people just slept on him because he had three bad drops, you know, in fan, in the preseason. How many people have wrote this dude off? And he was complaining games? about the ball not having stripes on it. Like, what? <laughs> right. And this dude is a killer. I can't see it. There's no stripes. <laughs> Suckers. Um, dude's amazing. Jamar Chase is amazing. So that was an easy one. Um, offensive player of the year. Offensive player of the year. Usually MVPs are quarterbacks, but offensive player of the year. Who would you, uh, who would you, would your nominee be? Listen, this was Derrick Henry. This absolutely was Derrick Henry. Was. Uh, that foot injury. I I'm sorry. Like when you're when you're leading the league in rushing yards, and the next closest person is more than 300 yards behind you, it's hard to argue. Well, now he's hurt. He broke his foot, and so now the question is: in a very very muddled offensive year, and not not muddled as in doing bad, but like nobody overly standing out. Uh, I, I was close to Jonathan Taylor on this one, but I went with Cooper Cup. Uh, what Cooper Cup is doing, I mean, just out of the blue, Robert Woods was the dude. He was the dude there. And now Cooper Cup's just saying, uh, hey, everybody, I'm here too. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I honestly think, I, I think it's a great choice. The only thing that's hindering Jonathan Taylor right now is his usage. I think that's the only thing. Uh, his usage in, yeah. in, in Frank Reich's, you know, this Colts offense. But other than that, I wholeheartedly agree with you for Cooper Cup. It is amazing. Him and Matt Stafford has been my favorite QB wide receiver duo this year. Um, you know, outside my, uh, my 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 personal Colts bias, but it's they're that good. There, there's not a there's not another pair like that, like right now in the league that that are as electric and consistent as they are. All right. Yeah. It's it's nobody expected Cooper Cup to be that dude. And nope. just, he's, he's putting up some record numbers. Doesn't he have a, he's about to break some kind of single season Jerry Rice record, I think. Is he on pace uh, for it? I, I, I think he, he, I think he, this week he's got one more, like one more week to do like X amount of yards by week 10 in a season or something. Oh, I um, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he had, like, he was like number, he's number one or number two by week nine or something. Like he's just on pace for in, incredible numbers right now. Right. No, so I am all in on Cooper Cup with uh, Jonathan Taylor second, and uh, our last one, our last little category, your defensive player of the year. This is going to be an unpopular opinion, and I talked a lot of Aguirre's and running his goddamn mouth about everybody in the planet. Jalen Ramsey, this dude has reinvented himself as a hard hitting slot corner with the Rams. And just this dude is, he's sticking his nose in on the run. He's sticking, like he, he's covering people. He's making plays on the ball. He's just all over the field, like almost a weird hybrid of like a Bob Sanders style, strong safety and a high end coverage corner. And he's doing it mostly from the slot somehow. Like he's almost like a hybrid outside linebacker, strong safety corner this year, and he's just blowing people up. Yeah, he is. It's uh, it's 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 it, pretty crazy. It, it's actually, I, I'm actually, I've actually become a little bit of a fan, mostly because he shut the fuck up finally. <laughs> Said the guy who talks too damn much on podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, he has been quiet, but he is. He definitely speaks volumes with what he, with his play. Um. I have a whole bunch of feelings on this one. There's a part of me that's like, ooh, Trayvon Diggs. He's a pretty good one, right? Even though he's given up like 200 yards a game, he's good for a pick six. <laughs> like, that's like a right. It's like a legit stat line of his. Um, you know, I'm stuck between Miles Garrett, who's been having a you know pretty electric season. I'm also you, a you know year. A, a great, great year. year, a great year, quietly having a great year at that. I think. Um, and I'm also well, stuck. He's not, he's not clubbing anybody with their help with a helmet. <laughs> I, I'm also stuck because he's not getting any love. Darius Leonard, who over the last month and a half punch outs, right? Punch out fumbles, all this, like really just yep. sweet punch out fumbles, turnovers, almost every game. But, um, you know, I, I think it's, 
time we move away from just handing Aaron Donald another trophy, you know, another defensive player of the year trophy. He's great. We get it. We hundred percent understand it, but I, I'm, I, I'm good for a miles Garrett. I'm, I'm good for a miles Garrett defensive player of the year. Um, I have, I have trouble giving a defensive lineman this award, right? Just because you can like, you can just run away from them. That's true. You know, like you're well, when you're talking linebackers like Leonard or defensive backs like Ramsey or some of the safeties around, um, you, you can't, you have to, like, you're going to cross their path at some point because once like once you get past the line, they're going to be there. They're going to be around. They're going to be upfield. So you can run away from, you know, a, a TJ Watt or a miles Garrett, but you can't stay away from, from interior, uh, like run plugging. I mean, really just your true current NFL middle linebackers and your, your secondary guys are just sticking their nose in on every play now. So I, I do have trouble giving it to a, to a D lineman, but I mean, Miles Garrett's making a hard, hard argument on that. No, I, I do appreciate your Leonard pick as well. Yeah. He, he doesn't get a whole lot of love and it doesn't make it. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's just because the team he's on, but um, that's just me, but that is it. Everybody that is it for this week's discussion topics episode, our mid season awards and uh, amongst other things. So we thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, make sure you, uh, you know, support our, our wonderful website, our network, BICBP-radio.com. I have a million other shows on the network. Jaws has a million other shows on the network. Check it out. There's something for everyone there. And I uh, just thank you, as always, for your support on, uh, you know, on this show. The listenership has been insanely good this month already um, in the, within the first 10 days. So very, very happy, very, very proud of that. Keep it up, please. Tell a friend. We love to be. Um, your alternative football talk. That's kind of what I like to, to, to label us. So thank you so much. And uh, on behalf of Jaws and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. <laughs>